The Digested Read by John Crace. The Immoralist by Andre Gide. Michel has spoken to us. Oh, what will you think of our friend? Shall we reprove him or shall we admit that we can recognise ourselves in this tale? Or will we even care? My dear friends, thank you for coming. The last time we met was at my wedding. I hardly knew Marceline. It was a loveless marriage. I merely felt a comme ci, comme ça tenderness for her born of pity. Where I was a wealthy classicist, she was an impoverished simpleton. Why did I marry her? To keep my father happy on his deathbed. We travelled south sleeping apart in separate rooms, naturally, and it was only after several months that I momentarily slipped out of my self-absorption and realised Marceline was actually quite pretty. But back to me. When we reached Seuss, I felt unwell and casually told Marceline I'd spat blood in the night. She collapsed to the floor with fright. I was enraged. Was it not enough that one of us was ill? Thrilled with the daring selfishness of my thoughts, I summoned a doctor before losing consciousness myself. We were taken to Biskra, where Marceline slowly nursed me back to health. I passed my convalescence, observing the nakedness of young Arab boys beneath their thin white gandoras, and ignoring Marceline. I've been praying for you, she said one day. Don't bother. I don't need God's help. It creates obligations. Marceline passively accepted her role as a patsy in a thinly disguised Nietzschean treatise, and as her reward, after wasting several more months ogling boys, I consummated our marriage in Sorrento. Her gratitude was touching, but the sense she was but an impedance to my inflated ego was growing daily. Having come so close to death, I felt a need to experience unconstrained joy by doing whatever I liked. To demonstrate the courage of my convictions, how I had cast off the shackles of my past, I even declined to visit Agrigentum. How risque was that? After a few days in Paris spent in companionable silence, Marceline and I moved to Normandy to visit my family's estate. It was there I had a new emotion to deal with. Marceline announced she was pregnant. I was filled with a joy that I expressed by ignoring her, choosing instead to spend my days with my farm manager, Bocage, whose unctuous sincerity I found cloying, but whose son, Charles, was an utter delight. Apart from his clothes, which were not to my taste. I could manage the estate so much better, Charles teased as we went out riding together, me playfully slapping his thighs with my hunting crop and allowing my hands to touch his in lingering caresses. Yet his attire was de trop. Even his beauty could not carry off his peasant chic. So Marceline and I were forced to return to Paris once more. I was not concerned by Marceline's fatigue. 
Why should I have been? For I was burdened with the seriousness of my Nietzschean crusade to reject my duty-bound bourgeois friends and live my life in the moment. It was after delivering a derivative lecture on how culture kills life that I met Melonk, himself an obvious Nietzschean avatar. I live life in the ici et maintenant, he said. I have no rules. I do what I want, when I want. It is the only honesty. The past means rien. I'm sure the readers will agree. I said enthusiastically, embracing the new order with as much speed as a terminally languid member of the French bourgeoisie could muster. Another glass of Shiraz, perhaps. I returned home to find Marceline had lost the baby. For a moment I was distraught, but then I forgot the past and went out looking at boys instead, until she had got over it. God made me better, she said. I got better on my own, I replied. Now God can help you pack up the house while I leer at Garçon. Because we're off to Normandy again, as I'm quite exhausted by your illness. Marceline was content to stay in the house, but I preferred the company of rustic proletarians whose primitive responses lacked the guile and simulacra of the more refined. I became nocturnal going out poaching with Bakaj's youngest son, Alcide, on my estate at night. How very, very dare you. Don't you fancy me any more, said Charles one day, after I'd been ignoring him for some time. Not really, I replied. You've become as big a twat as me, and you still have no dress sense. Marceline's health was failing, but with the great love I felt towards my impedance, I took her on an arduous journey of symbolic circularity back to North Africa. Annoyingly, she seemed to recover at first, but then she grew weak once more. I, Superman, felt restrained by her cloying neediness and spent my nights searching out boys. Or girls, if I couldn't find any boys. Marceline was touched by my deep expressions of love when I dropped in on her for a few moments, and when she started coughing blood after I told her we were moving to Biskra, she whispered, I am not worthy of such a strong man. You're right, I shrugged, but since we're back where we started the book, you can croak now. And she did. So I'm now off to play with some boys. See you later. Alligators. <laughs>